where are all my friends brandon holman thanks for being here dude of course yeah i'm excited um this is one of those ones where anyone that nick connects me to i'm always like i've got a good feeling <laughs> yeah. but just off the little bit of research that i did and looking at what you're up to uh i think that you're a unique guest to come on and i think you're going to share some knowledge and wisdom that I'm really excited to have on the podcast that people haven't really covered yet. So, I, you know, 160 odd episodes in when I have oh, wow. somebody that has new knowledge, I'm like, let's go. <laughs> so thank you for being here. For real. Of course, I feel really honored and, and blessed to be considered and, and to yeah share my story and some wisdom. That's amazing. So the way that I start is just for a listener who doesn't know who you are, a quick explanation of who you are and what you do. Cool. Um, my name is Brandon Holman. When introducing myself mm -hmm. and, and, and people, mm. I really try not to just like first lead with like the title and the job and the career. Mm. Um, so I'm trying to think of just the best way to describe myself as, as a person. Um, so I'm Brandon. Um, I was born in September. I'm a Virgo. I'm a father. Um, I have a three-year-old. Um, I'm a husband. Uh, a friend. Um, I love music. I love people. I love nature. I love movement. I love to dance. I love to do yoga. Um, I love to breathe. I think all of us love to breathe, but like yeah. don't even realize it. It's just like one of You're those things. You're aware of like, how rad breathing you know, is. <laughs> it's something that's automatic. But what I love about breathing is that once you breathe intentionally and in different ways, um, let's say if you take a deep breath and you hold it in for five seconds, hold it for 10 seconds. If you breathe through your nose with an exhale through your mouth, if you breathe and then like you just like pump your stomach, like to circulate the energy, like you can just get to different states wow. uh, of consciousness. You can calm yourself. You can cool yourself. If you breathe with your tongue, uh, extended like this that cools the body wow um so i love to breathe <laughs> i'm a nerd about breathing and i have been at the intersections of tech music and entertainment for the last 10 years yeah um i've worked at places like tiktok and snapchat yeah. Uh, labels like AWOL um, and United Masters. Yeah. Um, and now I'm, I'm getting into uh, wellness and mental health uh, yeah. with a startup that I founded, co-founded uh, called the Lazuli Collective. Yeah. Wow. If that wasn't the best intro I ever did here, that's awesome. <laughs> and yeah, like I like that actually. Thank you for for starting with who you are as a person. And actually, um, you know, Nick, our dear friend, um, yeah. you know, he starts some of his panels like that. Mm -hmm. um, we did a panel at South by Southwest called, uh, what was it like? The power of identity in the music industry. Mm -hmm. And we all started introducing ourselves, not naming our titles, but just like who we were. Right. Sort of like removing your identity, removing your ego, wow. this persona from the executive. Um, and I take that with me now, like as I talk to people and, and especially panels and interviews. It's just like, yeah. we all know who you are. Like we can Google you. Mm -hmm. um, your LinkedIn's right there. Your yeah. bio's right there. But like, who, who are you? Yeah. You know, who are you? That's, I, that's so great too. I think actually Jim Collins talked about that in Good to Great. 
Mm. But like it's it's something that it becomes too easy to identify and just sit on your job title. And it's like, what the, what is that? Like we're so much more than that. And that's such a nice reminder of exactly that, because especially in L.A., right? It's like, <laughs> oh, who's this person? What do they do? Oh, do they can do? I benefit from that? Oh, no. Yes. Uh, no. All right. I'm interested. I'm not like it's it's a lot. It's the worst. Yeah. yeah I, I've been in L.A. since 2008. Mm-hmm. I came out wow. um, to go to school at Loyola Marymount. Mm. So I was fresh out of high school. So even wasn't 18 yet when I when I came out here first. So I've I've been in this city for so long and been working in entertainment and just did the whole rigmarole, you know, mm-hmm. um, and, and that was me too, just like wanting to, you know, network and get out there and just have like transactional relationships. And yep. I found that the true sort of like growth and elevation, even when you do meet that executive who you really want to, you know, pass your business card to, who you really want to get that job from, who you really want to collaborate with, mm-hmm. especially the people at the top, which like they deal with that all day long, mm-hmm. people just wanting to use them. Mm. Once you connect with them on like, yo, like your shoes are really dope. Like, where'd you get those shoes? I was trying to get those shoes or I have those same shoes yeah. or like, yo, um, I saw on your Instagram, like you were eating at this pasta restaurant, you right. know, and like, I fucking love that gnocchi. And they're like, yeah, yeah man, like, like that's the best food ever. Like, we're just people. We're just people. We're just people and then they're like, yo, cool like, what interests. do you do? Yeah. You know, like connect those people first, then talk about job and career. Mm-hmm. And then I feel like 90% of the time, the next time you see that person at an event, um, at the award show, they're like, yo, like there's that kid who like loves gnocchi. Like I'm going to get him some pasta. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. Know? It's just so much more real. <laughs> yeah. So, all right, to get into your story, I'm curious of like, we're born months apart, very similar age. What was like your early days? Like like the picture of you before you got to LA, like kind of like the early parts of your journey that got you to here. Like, where are you from? What were you like growing up? Where did you find, like, typically where I get really excited <laughs> is the moment in your life where you kind of find the thing where you're like, yo, this mm. is it mm. and that's always evolving but yeah, like yeah. to paint that early picture i'm always fascinated by that so um i grew up in connecticut okay i was adopted oh, um, wow. i was adopted when i was three months old so born in new jersey mm. adoption agency in new york city wow. and then my parents got me when i was three months old and i was living in connecticut I always knew that I was adopted. Really? My parents told me when I was at, at a very young age. Yeah. Um, but my biological mother was was very young when she had me. She was about like 14, 15. Oh, wow. Um, so only child in Connecticut, very loving family. Yeah, it was just like, you know, into Power Rangers. I was into uh, riding my bike, uh, uh, watching movies, just, you know. Regular kid shit. Regular kid shit. Yeah. Um, I feel like just with being just, you know, not to get super dark, but like just like the 90s sort of like dream Mm. of uh, Nickelodeon and like Disney Channel and Disney World. Mm -hmm. I felt just like things shifted Mm. uh, when 9-11 happened. Um, I was, you know, in Connecticut in the tri-state area. So we could see smoke, you know, from our school um, there were parents who passed in our school. 
Um, I thought my dad was actually going to be at the towers that day. Like he, he, his car wasn't working or something. And like, he had a meeting at the towers and he didn't go. Um, so like I was freaking out, like phone lines were down. It was just a mess, you know? And then the recession hit. And I actually remember too, like I, I went to this private school and, and one of my friends, his dad was a news anchor and we would see him like report on the war in Afghanistan. Um, and like, that was just a trip. Yeah. Uh, so that's when like, I feel like I started growing up a bit. It's crazy that you say that. Cause we were legit like months apart in birthdays <laughs> and it, we were just old enough like to be kids, but to process like nine 11 being like, Oh, something really bad happened. It was the first time that I was like, Oh, like really bad shit can happen. Really bad stuff. And it it was a weird thing to process. And I was in Florida. So like East Coast, but it wasn't like I could see smoke. Yeah. But even still that hit me. And then I remember like you're saying it like the war, like as kids, they're really, really had a little bit of that 90s dream that was so fun and wholesome. And then like life was like, hey, fuck you. <laughs> I think about it all the time and like. Just, yeah, just like growing up in the 90s, like it was just so carefree until mm-hmm. that day. Right. And then just like, I feel yeah. like since since then, yeah. we've just been There's like- There's no chill. <laughs> on a turbulent, turbulent sort of like a turn. Yeah. But I also remember at that time too, seeing some of like the shift in the music industry. Mm. I remember 9-11, I think like, jay-z was like supposed to like sell like albums that that week mm. there were like big albums yeah that, that were like coming out at that time yeah. and then just like you know I, I remember like seeing the reports of like mtv like out on the street yeah they were doing their reporting artists were giving their their stories and stuff too um and then just like with the tank of, of the economy that's when you know napster and like the illegal downloading just yep. like really started to hit yeah um and that's you know, when you ask, like, when I found the thing that I loved, yeah, I, I'd always loved music. Yep. I grew up in a musical family. Cool. Uh, my my uncle uh, was is a musical director, so he was a musical director at the Apollo Theater at the time. So I always had this like this backstage access mm-hmm. and view of the music industry first yeah. from the creative side, seeing him play music and orchestrate and direct. Um, legends in R&B um, from like Shaka Khan to Luther Vandross to Whitney Houston, Ray Charles, like he's played with everybody. And I was a lot of the times there just watching. Yeah. Um, and then it wasn't until he met my aunt who married into the family. She was a music executive. Uh, she was like a VP or high up at, at Sony and and she used to be at ASCAP. And so I saw the creative side, but mm-hmm. then I saw the business side. Mm-hmm. And once I met her, I was like, oh, this is it. Like, That's I don't have to play music. I don't have to be like a prodigy mm-hmm. of, of mm-hmm. and, and I, I, I am not musically gifted, I think. I have an ear for music, but playing it is just not my thing. I think I get two in my head um, and I need to just like let that go and just be creative. Yeah. That's another podcast. That's funny though. <laughs> That's funny because I'm similar in the sense of like, I love music, 
But and it never even bummed me out. Actually, I was just like, oh, like it's not my gift to create or play music. Like my parents got me a guitar and a piano, and I tried, but I wasn't that great. And I didn't have the drive. Like when I tried to skateboard, and I wasn't great. I kept going and going and going for hours. Mm. And with music, I was like, oh, whatever. Like it just didn't. It wasn't the thing. Yeah. But I too found a place where I was like, oh, I love music. But when I saw that there was the business side of it, and I saw you could help these other creatives that were gifted, I was like, oh, so that's funny that you maybe had a similar feeling where you you knew you liked it, but then you saw that other side and you're like, aha. Yeah, I was I was just really passionate about just all the people behind the scenes, like mm-hmm. seeing my uncle on the stage so much. Mm. I was just always looking at like, who's the assistant? Who's the manager? Like mm-hmm. the stylist, like this whole operation to, yeah. to, to get people to showtime. Yeah. And a lot of the times like those people weren't thanked yeah but that was okay with me because like once i saw how my aunt moved it was like the people that know know Mm -hmm. and and she knows too like sometimes when the artist is on stage or they get that deal they get that big check the public doesn't know like the executive who like made that call to that brand Mm -hmm. or like busted their ass to like get the artist the passport they lost their passport which is all, all the shit that like yeah. happens to a superstar yeah of like they need their favorite food in paris and they lost their passport and they need to get on another flight because their kid is sick back home and then it takes like two phone calls to be like yo i got a friend we're gonna get it done like don't worry it's cool and then boom artist is on stage fans are screaming but no one knows like nope. what the hell happened you know 30 minutes an hour 24 hours to get to that point yeah and so that's when i was like okay that's cool mm. i want to i want to move and shake i want to connect i want to bring people together um so then i started interning i started interning at uh various labels um i was at bad boy for a little bit that was fun uh that was pause fun (laughs) that was pause fun it was it was great to see the inner workings of bad boy diddy era it was very much the go get your cheesecake era (laughs) um i was fired outside of uh the dirty money video shoot um but that's another story uh from there but it's, it's all so connected though because the day I got fired, uh, which was a very traumatic experience, uh, like the next or no, like I was like crying, like on the way home to Connecticut on the train. And then someone called me and they were like, yo, uh, there's a focus group uh, at Def Jam mm. um, tomorrow. You mm. should come. Mm. And I was like, OK, cool. So I go to the focus group. They played us two music videos. One was Jeremiah Birthday Sex, and one was Sci High the Prince. I forget what the song was, but now Sci High is like with good music and Kanye. But Jeremiah Birthday Sex, I remember watching the music video. Mm. Everybody had, and, and they wanted feedback like, what do you think of this artist? And I raised my hand and I was like, you know, this song is great, but like there's something missing in the video. Um, Jeremiah isn't showing enough, like sort of like passion mm. to his love interest. Like 
the song is about birthday sex and I can't remember the specifics, but I was just like, there's, there's just not a lot of like connection between them two. Maybe there were too many scenes of just like him flexing and like looking like an R&B star, but I was like, mm. he should be like making love. Like, and like about his a, fucking about love his interest. birthday yeah, sex. Yeah. So, and so I saw sort of like lies, uh, eyes light up in the back of the room from like some of the executives and people uh, at the staff. And then they played us this other song too. It was like an Amory remix. And I remember just like dropping, like I knew what song was sampled. And I was <laughs> like, I was like, oh, like they sampled this record. And like, I know that this is going to be like a big radio hit in New York. And they were like, yo, like this kid really knows his shit. So like wow. they offered me an internship that day. They were like, yo, like you need to be on our marketing team. Wow. So I got fired from Bad Boy, but then the next day I started working at Def Jam. What's um, up universe? Right? Thank you. That was wild. And then from Def Jam it was like Rock Nation. But then like back to like some of the egos, I was like, okay, like I've, I've been doing this sort of like dance mm-hmm. um, at these labels in New York. I was the youngest one in the room, just always being an intern. Mm-hmm. I was like, do I continue this path of music industry in New York? A part of me wanted to go to school. I wanted to go to school in LA. And mm-hmm. I think at some of that time too, I was, I left high school. I was, I was, by coastal working in the summers. Um, but then tech was like starting to boom in LA. Um, Silicon beach was like becoming a thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, people from Silicon Valley coming to LA. Um, so I wanted to get into tech yeah. and I was like, I'm going to go into tech. I'm going to f- merge music at some point. Yeah. Um, but, I'm, and, and the music industry wasn't as big in LA at the time. Like mm-hmm. New York was definitely still home base. Yeah. LA was more like studio creative, but like the marketing less side of, of things. Less of the business and the Yeah, less of the business. Yeah. So I was like, okay, I'm going to go tech. Uh, and then um, started working at Belkin, Flash Drive, or first SanDisk, wow. the, the Flash Drive company. Yeah. yeah. Then Belkin, uh, routers, cables. Um, and then it was like, okay, like, I'm at a pretty boring uh, e-commerce gig at a mm. tech company responsible for making like Amazon product pages and like, mm. you know, yeah, Best like, Buy pages and stuff. Relatively heartless. Like yeah. cool, you're in a cool industry in a cool <laughs> area, but like the day-to-day is not exactly fulfilling. Not at all. Yeah. Um, but then I'm like, okay, like how can I do some cool music stuff. All my friends are in music. All my network is in music. We have 50, I have a hundred little like charge packs to like charge your phones and like lightning cables. And I'm going to Coachella this weekend and I finagled an artist pass, how I don't know. So I'm going to uh, bring all these cables and I'm going to knock on dressing room doors and just like hand people products and get them to post on social. Sick. Remember meeting one of my really good friends. We were just talking about this a few uh, months ago. Um, knocked on Bin Trill, Virgil Abloh's dressing room door, and she was in there. And I'm like, "Yo, like I work at Belkin. Um, here's some product." And uh, I was doing that to like a lot of artists. And Sick. I remember she she Brilliant. she put me in her phone as like Brand Belkin or like Brand in the Belkin plug, and then like. <laughs> few months later saw her again at kanye yeezus album release party at milk studios what they did that at milk yeah oh cool i didn't know that dude it was crazy (laughs) my god 
okay, so like, let's just describe this. Uh, so it's in Milk Studio, uh-huh. and they sat they they set up like four huge stacks of speakers in like a maybe like a twenty by twenty square. Mm-hmm. So you're you're in like the big sound stage of Milk, mm-hmm. but then to listen to the album, you have to go inside the speakers. No way. And that first song on Yeezus that like ding, 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 like on site, uh-huh, uh-huh. just ears just blown out. Like they played that shit so loud and oh. everyone was just like, what the fuck is this? Like, what is this music? And then you get into the rest of the album. Then you get into Black Skinhead. Yeah. And and it was just, a ri- it was crazy. What an experience. It was wild. And then. Kanye, I don't even think he showed up. Or maybe he <laughs> left because that was the the day that um that North was born. Oh my god. Yeah, it was wild. Oh my god. Yeah. That's so nuts. Yeah. For a listener that doesn't know Milk, <laughs> it's like a really rad studio in Los Angeles that does like a lot of like cool creative stuff. Yeah, cool creative stuff, a lot of a lot of photo shoots, a lot of high fashion yeah. um kind of stuff like not a lot of album release, right? Yeah, that doesn't necessarily there. fit for normally what they not would at do. all. But but you know, at that time too, like Kanye, like merging high fashion Vogue kind of stuff with like that really gritty next wave. Yeah, you know, like that was like when like mosh pit rap, yeah, really Ooh, started. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. Yeah, um, and 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 that's why I I loved coming out to L.A. too because. I really got to see, and this is what I was telling folks back at the labels in New York. I was like, like there's this convergence of like electronic mm. music and, and hip hop mm-hmm. and festivals and psychedelics. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm like, p- artists need to start like making collabs with like Dead Mouse and Skrillex and mm. um making music to perform at Coachella, you know? Because, mm. like, this is where culture is going. Like, the kids in school, because, you know, growing up in L.A., Coachella is two hours away. This is where, you know, rave culture was, like, really big. Yeah. Um. So, like, a lot of the college parties were just at warehouses mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and just having, like, crazy ragers. And then the, the big festivals that we were going to were, like, hard, hard fest, hard Halloween. Oh, yeah. Um, and which was at uh, the the LA Coliseum before they moved or like EDC EDC mm-hmm. used to be at the, at the LA Coliseum before yeah. they moved it to Vegas. So you were very much like in like the music culture. Like you were very much around like the stuff happening and culture like around music shaping and and evolving. Yeah. Even as you were at tech companies, you kind of found your way to stay in it. Yep. That's cool. Yeah. So then what's the progression from there? Because you're saying like it's relatively heartless, even if you can get creative and be the Belkin plug. Yeah. So what happens yeah, next? Yeah, yeah. So so consumer tech just like wasn't my passion. Yeah. Um, I, I felt like the, the company just didn't embrace yeah. these ideas that I had with culture. If, if I was at Beats by Dre, you yeah. know, a monster cable before, you know, mm-hmm. they, they, they merged into Beats. Like companies, even like Red Bull, companies that were really like infusing culture mm-hmm. to sell their products and to market their products, doing cool artist partnerships or sports partnerships, I would have been thriving. But then I had an opportunity to join Snapchat. Mm. Um, and this was a really cool um, opportunity um, when Snap was like really just booming, seeing a, a rocket ship 
of a company, you know, really take off and, and yeah. being on the founding sort of team of that. Yeah. What uh, years would that have been? This was like 2015. Okay. Yeah. 2015. Yeah. 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 So I was on, on, I was on a business marketing team there, uh, was helping our, our ads team, like really scale the business, sell geo filters and sell. Oh my God. I remember that. Right? I um, remember the fucking geo filters. Yeah. It was brilliant such a great product and tool yeah i was like oh wow like all these stickers and you go to a location and you're tagging yourself so yeah we went and even before you can sell geo filters i was managed or i didn't manage but i I was working with the team collaborating with our sales team we wanted to impress uh artists or we wanted to impress businesses uh for for them to buy a geo filter to maybe drop over all of the u.s or remember going to like McDonald's and saying like, we can put a geofilter over every McDonald's location. Yep. Um, so I would like draw a map on the McDonald's headquarters or maybe like the, the ad agency that, that reps McDonald's mm-hmm. would drop a geofilter over their office. The sales team would go to the meeting, have people open up their phones. They would swipe and see this new piece of creative. Sometimes a creative director in the meeting can like make a PNG send us the file and within like two minutes it's like dropped over their wow. location it was very seamless so it was really cool for us to if, if i wanted to get into concerts and stuff i was like hey yo like uh beyonce um do you want a geo filter for your tour cool like boom drop it over the stadium and then like i have two tickets to the beyonce show fucking <laughs> sick <laughs> yeah. that's incredible yeah. um yeah so I, I was able to like help out the music team there yeah. uh, uh um because and then actually, yeah, um, DJ Khaled, uh, mm. you know, huge on Snapchat. Yeah, um, yeah. Because I used to intern at Rock Nation, you know, like when Khaled dropped his phone in the jet ski. Oh my God, the fucking and needed, jet ski. Right? Um, and needed, you know, a new Snapchat, you know, password and stuff. Like I connected the dots to Lenny S and Rock Nation to like really bring Khaled into the fold. And then Khaled came to the office and you know, just became like Mr. Snapchat. Not a lot of people really like knew that. Mm-hmm. And because I wasn't on the music team too, like I was just like helping out like where I where I could. Yeah, like you were just being a good dude. Yeah, like, I was all right, I can good. connect this to I this connect to this. this. Dot. Yeah. Oh, Diplo's doing this. Like, yeah. let me connect the dots. Cool. Um. So yeah, so th- that was my passion. And, and then this is when the transition into like mindfulness really comes in because oh, wow. okay. and identity yeah. and ego because yeah, yeah. I thought I was the shit back then you know like i work at the hottest company yeah um you're like 25 years I'm old 25 killing it, killing it. Yeah. i'm brandon at snapchat when people see me right yeah who you are and what you do hi i'm, I'm brandon, brandon at, snapchat. at snapchat yeah i'm brandon at snapchat that was my email that all got taken away in like the blink of an eye um i i got let go at the company for um an unfortunate sort of like situation that happened damn and within minutes I, my email turned off, phone turned off. Um, I, I'm I'm outside of headquarters in Venice, Fuck, bro. like with, uh, yeah, like with the, the the stereotypical like you get fired, you have a cardboard box. You had of, a, like, cardboard I had a cardboard box. Cardboard box. You had. The- <laughs> I had the cardboard box standing outside on Venice, and like my team members. <laughs> who didn't think that I was going to get fired for like what happened were all like looking out of the window, like, wait, like what is happening? And then they all come outside and I'm just like, I don't know what is going on. 
And so then, yeah, like I remember like feeling like everything, I, I just didn't have anything. My, my uh, girlfriend broke up with me like a few weeks earlier. So I didn't have a relationship, didn't have a job. It was really just had to find myself, yeah. you know? So yeah. like from there, got into therapy. Wow. Um, therapy was really helped. Went to a music festival mm-hmm. with a friend a couple of weeks before. And that's where when I first found out about Kundalini yoga. Oh, wow. um, so this is where it all started. This is cool. So because I didn't have a job mm. and I thought too, that like I'm branded at Snapchat, I can get a job at Instagram. I can get a job at Twitter. Mm-hmm. I can get a job at Apple music or Spotify. Mm-hmm. Um, all my contacts just like were really dry. Like no one was like really hitting me oh, back. Wow. Um, all the people that I used to be able to like get into all these lists and stuff. If I'm RCPing to stuff from my personal email address, not getting approved versus like how easy it was with my work email, you know, with my at Snapchat sort of like domain on it. Um, I just realized that like, oh, wow, like this is a very transactional sort of like business that I'm in. A lot of people that I thought were friends that, you know, were getting me into places and like we were all like, you know, killing it together now that I can't get them the geo filter or I can't connect them. I can't, I'm not no longer brand on Snapchat. I wasn't invaluable. So that really hurt me. Yeah. And um, I I had to really rebuild myself. And so when I first started doing Kundalini yoga, um, I was really blown away because I was able to release this like anger and guilt, um, and sadness mm. like I, I literally felt it like just get like sucked out of my body can you explain to me like that specific kundalini yoga because yeah. i like i'm the, the reason that i'm so excited to talk to you is there's a lot that you are now familiar with that i don't know and i'm so genuinely interested but i don't know yeah so what makes that different from other yoga like like what is that and like what, what was that experience that you had that made it so like oh shit yeah so kundalini yoga is um, a little different than uh, other styles of yoga, like Hatha yoga. Hatha is is more, and, and like Ashtanga yoga. These could be some of the more like flowy, downward dog, mm. forward bends. You're just like really like doing your peaceful flow mm-hmm. of a yoga practice, connecting your breath to the stretches, yeah. which is really great. And there's a lot of benefits. Uh, Kundalini yoga combines... Um, the movement, uh, which is called asana. It combines mudra, which is the placement of your hands. So this, which some people know is like the standard sort of like yogi meditation pose. This is called a gyan mudra. Okay. Um, So it combines different mudras. It combines uh, chanting, Mm. um, uh, different uh, mantras, your hand placement, the movement and poses, chanting mantra, also your breath, the different uh, pranayams that you can do. Um, and what this does, it uh, really brings your body into balance. Yeah. Um, when I teach kundalini yoga, I like to tell people that uh, kundalini yoga is a, is a yoga of awareness yeah. and it's designed to give you the experience of your soul. Wow. So it's, it's much more uh, in depth, like it's much more intentional. There's more elements to it than just downward dog breathe. Yeah. Got it. There's more elements to it. And on a physical level, what it does, it 
and and to give you the experience of your soul like what what is that on a physical level these movements and and mudras and chanting and the breathing all in a hour long practice mm. hour long class setting mm-hmm. um it will bring your uh glandular system your mm-hmm. end- endocrine system your lymphatic system physical points of the body yeah like, um, like systems in systems, your body yeah uh your your anatomy your 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 anatomy yeah. you know your physical anatomy yeah. brings them into into balance wow um so once you are you know, all sort of like brain hemispheres are are balanced. Mm-hmm. Your lungs are clear. Mm. Your 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 spine and your muscles are relaxed. And then, like after you've had some movement too, as I was thinking, I was talking to a friend the other day, and like he was saying that he isn't, he's not a good meditator, and like he mm. tries to meditate. I feel that same way. You know, yeah, something that came to me while I was in the shower a couple of days ago and thinking like how to teach new students about meditation and why I also love Kundalini yoga is that you meditate after you do the physical practice. Oh, wow. So, so instead like, of like you have your, your, your chatter mind and then yes. the goal of meditation isn't to have no thoughts. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes I get my best thoughts during meditation. Right. But if you are to you know, you have a busy day, you know, you're anxious, your mind is just going a million miles a minute. And then you sit down and you try to just like breathe and try to like meditate. And you think I'm not meditating because I can't focus. And there's so many ideas. Well, it's like, try meditating after you do some physical exercise. If you were to run a a mile yeah and then you feel you know like when after you're if you're working out like you feel that release after you're done yeah then your mind is like so clear then you lay down and rest and then you meditate like you're you're washing all of it out and and when you're exercising yeah it's like you're reoxygenate reoxygenating your blood you're um improving your muscle tissue dopamine is like firing so my first experience doing this while I was depressed and depleted and burnt out and sad. And like at this huge transition point in my life, I didn't know what to expect in this class. I I saw it at a music festival, had a really great experience. And then I was just doing a class on YouTube. And especially with with this particular thing, it was like a class that was focused on on your root uh, chakra, which is the center like your foundation. Mm-hmm. Um, that's also where you hold a lot of uh, guilt and fear. I specifically wanted to release guilt um, about my past relationship. Mm. Um, I was feeling very guilty about the things that I did, you know, to yeah. my ex-girlfriend. So I did this yoga class and I did some of the breathing and then, um, and I fell asleep in Shavasana, like after the meditation. But then when I woke up, like I, I felt lighter like my spirit just like felt lighter i felt some of that guilt just like ease yeah, off yeah and then i was like okay like this is You're there's like, something oh, shit. There, there's this, something this might be here. real there's something here and so then I, I started going to classes and having just more out of body experiences with the yoga mm-hmm. having very psychedelic experiences as well wow um and i was like whoa like 
this is really cool. Yeah, like it was, <laughs> it was more than just like, oh, cool. I feel like I stretched my muscles. Like you were like, oh, yeah. this is something. Yeah, and, yeah. and that, that's why it really hit me. And like not to, there's nothing wrong with the other forms of, of yoga. I, I do think with, with some of the commodification of yoga and wellness, like there is a lot of emphasis on the physical mm -hmm. side of things of like, mm -hmm. I'm going to do yoga so I can be fit and tone. And this is another form of exercise, sure. which it is. Sure. But what I realized, I was like, oh, like this is, this is so spiritual. Wow. This is like, this is, this is, this is connecting me to source and to the divine and to God. And this is also like, making me a magnet mm. for the things that I really want in life. Wow. This is clearing the karma of like my past. I don't even want to call them mistakes, but just like all the challenges and tribulations. Right. Yeah. It's clearing that. Yeah. So I can like be more still to bring in the things that like I really want or to have the discernment to be like, okay, like, is this opportunity the right opportunity? Yeah. After Snapchat, I was like, my next job, mm. I I don't want to fall into this ego cycle again. Right. I remember like, like having these talks with my therapist of like, I, I really want to work at Apple music. I really want to work at, 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 you know, the, the next sort of like hot place. Yeah. Like that was still very much in your mind of so like, this is the thing this you do. Is the you thing go from, do. yeah, yeah, yeah. This is where you go. Yeah. You know, I have this title at this mm -hmm. company. Mm -hmm. So like, I got to make this move. Yeah. But then I had to be like, well, why? Like, right. Wow. Do I really want these jobs? Because wow. like, it's the right thing to do or is it coming from a place of ego because right. of like this is what you do this mm -hmm. is the dance mm -hmm. um so the next job that i ended up uh taking uh was that awol um okay so you're still in well actually no that's different that's different. actually very different it was very yeah, different yeah. and and I, and so this was while i've interned at labels before mm -hmm. didn't have a full-time job at a label was mm -hmm. always uh you know consumer tech and now social so to go back to music is yeah, interesting. Yeah, back to music. And I was yeah. poached for a director of digital marketing uh, cool. position. And, yeah. and I was like, the imposter syndrome really set in. And I was like, hey, like, I haven't done this job before. I haven't managed ad campaigns for artists. I, I haven't, I'm not the click-through data guy, mm. you know? Obviously, I have a passion for artists and music, but I haven't done this job. And they're like, no, you know, we want someone unconventional mm -hmm. we want someone that um is connected to culture that understands brand marketing that understands storytelling you can do this job it, it, it took a lot of convincing mm. and then i knew too that like okay like this is going to be a challenge mm -hmm. this is something that something that i wanted to do as well like i really wanted to to be in music yeah but i thought that i needed to be in tech mm. And I didn't want to go to the major labels. Right. So I didn't really even know that AWOL existed. I knew that, that independent labels existed, yeah. but I didn't know that AWOL was there. So it felt like a, like a sign. Yeah. And um, what it probably still around 2015, 16? No, this was, uh, I took like a little time off. This was maybe around 2017, 2018. Okay. I took like a year off, was freelancing for a little bit, traveled okay. a lot. Mm. Um, 
Well, the reason I ask yeah. is I, that's AWOL at that time. It's still, I think in music, people didn't realize that you could kind of be like the independent artist with mm -hmm. a real team behind you. So like you get the benefits of a major yep. without being on a major, like it wasn't quite there yet where that was like the widely accepted thing. Yeah. The other thing that I think is very interesting about your story right here as you're explaining it is you painted such a great picture of like, I know exactly the person you were of like, you were killing it. You were working at the tech companies. You were plugged in with all the dope artists. You were Brandon at Snapchat. And then you find this slightly unconventional thing, this part of your story where you then start like really going to therapy and like that, but then also finding yoga and like kind of really seeing what spiritualism is. Mm. What I love about that is I think that it's really easy to stereotype that into like, oh, that dude's a kook or it's like a bunch of old hippies and it's like, it's not relatable. Whereas you're explaining this story, I'm like, oh my God, like I get it. And like for you to find that in your mid twenties and like really embrace that and see how that started to change your life is really interesting. Like I'm really into it. And I thought you were gonna say that you went full on into that from there, but no, you then do a job at AWOL. So yeah. this is really interesting. What kind of person were you? Like, was it this cool hybrid combination of Brandon that knew the tech and the industry and how to play the game, but now you're like kind of more elevated? Like, were you in a good place? This is this is fascinating. Yeah. So um I was still going through like my 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 personal sort of journey mm. with spirituality at that time. Mm. Um and I would say before I took the AWOL job. And I found this path. A lot of my friends and peers in the industry started seeing my transition. Okay. And I and I also started to back away from all of the release parties. Um, I think at that time too, like I I, I was sober. Mm -hmm. um, I stopped smoking weed. I, I started uh, uh, being vegan. Mm. Um, I really wasn't drinking. Mm -hmm. um, so very much like cleansing yeah, your body i was and, cleansing yeah, i was yeah. like deep deep cleanse um and then at that time that's when i found um uh, my my wife right and um and 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 we were very intentional about um having a family yeah so awol awol started like right before we got married okay and right before and then like two days three days after we got married found out she was pregnant holy crap so like amazing. that happened very quickly yeah um so like while i was working at AWOL, i was i was, I was at a more elevated place mm -hmm. of my personal identity mm -hmm. and like getting my ego not not letting my ego get ahead of me and getting wrapped up in my job because even with the AWOL position you know that that allowed me you know working with with cool artists um i was working with steve lacy um, Omar Apollo, cool. uh, Gus Dapperton, wow. um, Snow Allegra, wow. um, a little bit of girl in red and like the, the team and the label, you know, we had Phineas, we had uh, Lauv, Kim Petras, uh, Cold War Kids, Dead Mouse, um, really cool artists, you this know, is, yeah, like Tom Mish, like, Little Sims, this is it. <laughs> uh, Frank Moody, like really dope stuff. Yeah. But like, I, 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 I was, I was, I was, my priority was like my job and my career, mm -hmm. but 
more than that was like my family. Mm. Um, you know, my wife just got pregnant. Um, and, and then we also had like some other like life transitions, taking care of um, her mother who has, who has Alzheimer's, moving mo- moving her in with us. Mm. So I was like very family oriented. Your priorities definitely working. shifted. Priorities shifted. Yeah. Loved my job, loved the industry. But again, like I was like, okay, like, do I need to be out at this show? Do I need to go to this concert? Like, let me right. really prioritize my well-being and my family well, my family's well-being yeah. and not just like be out on the scene, which right, I right. easily could do, just like get get just like sucked up in it. And sometimes, honestly, hard. I remember like when when my child was was first born and I was taking like paternity leave, and I'm still just like seeing the industry just continue to move and um, even now, sometimes I'm like, oh, like all my friends going to Lala next weekend, like mm-hmm. can't really do that right now. Like nope. not the best time for me to do that. Just like with where my family's at. Uh, so yeah, sometimes it, it, it's hard, um, but I, I, I really do love my, my family um, and, and, and love everything that, that, that we're building, you know, at home. So AWOL was a really good good ride and then i left like the week of the pandemic um in march of 2020 oh. um to join uh tiktok oh my god um yeah i remember remember tiktok coming in to pitch us trying to convince our artists to get on tiktok i knew that they didn't really have an indie label rep yeah and i was just like hey like I want to do this. Mm. Um, I wanted to get back into tech. Yeah. And I wanted to get back into the intersections of music and tech. Mm-hmm. Love the label. Mm-hmm. But I was like, I know my background is like more suited sort of like at a content tech company. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, pandemic hit. Uh, I remember, yeah, like the, my last day at AWOL, they made the announcement like, hey, like next week, we're going to try working from home. Like we're just going to test it out. Yeah. One day, oh, wow. You know? Yep. Yep. And then that next week hit and it was like, yeah, like yeah. we're going to do that whole working from home thing. Stay home. Yeah. And even TikTok, they were like, yeah, we're going to mail you your laptop. And like, so I, I went in once for my job interview at TikTok. And then it was just like the whole, the whole time. The whole you time. Were, just like satellite. Um, and that was, uh, that was great. You know, that was another just like interesting transition to then like be back at a rocket ship company like Snapchat. Yeah. Having more people wanting me and my team mm-hmm. because it's TikTok and it's the music industry and like we're the number one app and like we're the number one way for artists to, you know, sort of like pop. Yeah. You were that guy again. You I were was Brandon guy. at TikTok. I was yeah. Brandon at TikTok. Um, I... I embraced it, um, but it was very hard, just like work-life balance with Mm -hmm. remote working, um, with the pandemic, Mm -hmm. uh, balancing family, a a newborn Mm -hmm. six-month-year-old into like toddler, Mm -hmm. um, still caregiving for mother-in-law, and just like working for like a global chinese owned company just like it felt like a 24 hour sort of thing and 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 in the indie label space i i, I just had so many contacts at a wall empire orchard 
symphonic, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. just like all of them mm. were just like hitting me up. So at that time too, that's when I, where, where I found an outlet for myself besides my personal practice yeah. of yoga and meditation yeah. was on Clubhouse. Mm. Um, uh, I was an early adopter on Clubhouse mm. and I, I founded a, co-founded a mindfulness community there oh, called wow. Mindful Creative. And I just noticed that like, this is before Clubhouse really popped. Mm-hmm. Entertainment music culture got on it. Mm-hmm. Shout out to Fadia um, for really making that happen. Mm. Um, she was at Instagram at the time. Now she's over at, at Clubhouse. And I remember I, I got on the week after Fadia. Mm. And Clubhouse is very like, you, you see who invites you. Yeah, little, so it's like yeah. you, you have like the family tree. And I saw like, I got on the week after Fadia, I think, John Mayer invited Fadia and then Fadia invited like Swizz Beats, Steve Payman, who was a Beyonce's manager at the time, or GM of like Parkwood, a lot of a couple other entertainment folk. And that's when it started shifting into just like popular culture. Mm-hmm. Um, so when I got on, when Fadia first got on, and this is why she was very intentional about bringing the culture on. Mm. It was very uh, startup, Silicon Valley, tech, mm. um, investment, VC, sort of a platform. Mm-hmm. And I noticed that there wasn't, there wasn't any mindfulness. There wasn't any wellness. Mm. Um, I was like, oh, it'd be really cool if like we did a meditation room in the morning to like yeah. get executives, you know, get them going before they start their day. Yeah, see, and this is where you become a real secret weapon because you understand tech and music so well, but you have this this whole new skill set and understanding of something so elevated that you're now bringing to the table. And mm-hmm. that's fascinating and cool to me. Yeah, that, that that's thank you for like affirming that mm-hmm. because I I knew from a an app product standpoint that like okay, like this app needs creators. They're mm-hmm. at their early days. They have tons of investment from Andreessen Horwitz and like the whole tech side of things. Mm-hmm. Like how can I create community on this new app? How can I leverage this new app and be an early adopter and to stand out from like what other creators are are, are making? Mm-hmm. And how can I also, from like a biz dev marketing standpoint, mm-hmm. how can I make connections Mm-hmm. with the people that I one day want to partner with and one day want to work with. And, mm-hmm. oh, the best way to do that is like through meditation. Again, it's like, this isn't the place to pitch yourself and introduce yourself as your title. It's like, we see that already mm-hmm. on your icon. Like, you know, <laughs> mm-hmm. we know where yeah, to like work. You don't got to do it. You don't have to do that here. This isn't the VC pitch room. You're not going to get your app funded here, but you will be meditating um, and becoming tapped in next to co-founders and like leaders of industry. Mm. So my my friend was going through meditation teacher training at the time. And I was like, this is the place to do it. <laughs> I remember calling him. I'm like, why aren't you on Clubhouse? And he was like, oh, like I heard it's like the Soho house of like mm-hmm. the new Soho house app. And I was like, it sort of is, but like you need to get on it. Like we both need to get on it. Mm. And this is our way to do it. So we did that, started the Mindful Creative um, and now that that community has over 260,000 followers. No freaking yeah, way. Yeah. Um, which wow. is really wild. Um, so then like over the course of the year, 
And I started managing uh, my friend as like a, a teacher and a mm. mindfulness teacher and a thought leader. Brands started um, hitting us up uh, for activations or like how can they sponsor our rooms on Clubhouse. Mm. And then that's when I started. That's when I was like, okay, like I've always wanted to be an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. I know I've always wanted to like take as much of this uh, knowledge that I've absorbed from these companies and corporations that I've worked for. Mm-hmm never really thought that like mindfulness and wellness would be the thing, but I'm right. like, okay, like I need to start an LLC. Mm. Uh, and then I met my, my co-founder, uh, Wata, mm. um, who's this amazing, amazing woman, uh, this artist. I, I just heard her singing on clubhouse one morning. Mm. We had like a meditation room. It wasn't my room, but I was like playing the sound bowls, crystal sound bowls. Yeah. Just started forming community mm-hmm. with a lot of people in this mindfulness space. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was just very natural. And uh, heard her singing. And I was like, whoa, like her voice is just amazing. Mm-hmm. Went to her Spotify page and I was blown away mm. by her art, mm-hmm. uh, like on her Spotify header, mm-hmm. like her cover photo. More than just sonically, she, she was an artist. She was an yeah, artist. Yeah. And, and I hit her. I was like, yo, like who does your art? And she was like, I, I do it all. Let's like I'm go. a graphic designer. I'm a strategist. And I just really started making music. I was like, whoa. (laughs) Yeah, you just had that moment. You're like, oh, shit. shit." And like, I just wanted to help her. I was like, anything I can do just to help you, Mm -hmm. I'm down. Any, Mm -hmm. any, anybody in my Rolodex Mm -hmm. that you want to meet with, Mm -hmm. down to help you. And it wasn't coming at it from like a, I found an artist and like, this is the artist that I want to sign. Mm-hmm. It was just like, you're really dope. Mm. Anything that you need, I got you. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's a big thing about me. Like if there's something that like I'm really passionate about because I'm a connector, yeah. I'll just be like, hey, like I think you two need to meet Yep, because there's some magic here. Yep. And like I said at the start of the podcast with my aunt, like not a lot of people would know that like they introduced that thing yeah but i get gratification just knowing that that i made that connection Mm -hmm. and now they went on to make some beautiful piece of art there's something really beautiful about that and you're right it's not very uh outwardly think like it's a slightly thankless maybe from the outside perception but when you know you know and when you know the ones that matter know like it's just there's there's something really special about that yeah gladwell writes about that in tipping point yeah 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 so so i saw her post one day and she was like uh, she she reposted a Moses Sumney Calm partnership, mm. and she was like, "Does any of my friends know anybody at Calm?" Mm. And I was like, "I don't know anybody at Calm, but I know I can get to somebody at Calm." <laughs> mm-hmm. um, so I guessed um, the person at Calm's email address, <laughs> and first I was like, "Let me like work with Wata." to like get the pitch right mm-hmm. and like let's work together on making a deck and one sheet and just like getting all the stuff right before we have the big meeting. And then that's when I really got to know her more mm. and was like, oh, she's so much more than an artist. Mm. This is someone like who I want to be like partners with mm. um, to build a business with. Mm-hmm. And so then we met with Calm and this is how I knew that something was really special for like, because I, I've worked with independent artists before for an artist that has, maybe she had like a thousand monthly listeners at the time on Spotify. Wow, yeah, um, early. Early, yeah. for an artist, before we even like talk to any labels, distributors, even talk to the platforms about promoting her music, for Calm to 
um, ask for a year's worth of music, mm-hmm. a, a, a 12 song, you know, sync deal. Yeah. I was like, okay. Yeah. Like, yeah. this is, this is real. Right. And um, that music, isn't it a little bit unique from like typical, like an album? Like, isn't it like a, a you're going to have to educate me, but it's very meditative. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's very meditative. Um, so yeah. Uh, Wata produces um, ambient sonic vocal sound baths. Yeah. There you go. Um, so uh, yeah. Very meditative music. The music on Calm was tracks were about like 45 minutes to an hour long. Mm. And we did one for each astrological uh, new moon, wow. um, which is, um, you know, a, a great time to meditate, a great time to manifest. We were really, really, really excited about that partnership. And, and that's what really kicked off um, the the formation of the Lazuli Collective. And I was doing all of this while at TikTok. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> um, so did you kind of have that moment where you're like, I am deeply passionate about one of these, but not both of these? Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I was just getting burnt out. It was just so much work. And again, like we were still in the pandemic and um, I really wanted to find a space where I could focus more on Lazuli. Mm-hmm. And that got me to uh, taking a position at uh, United Masters, leading an artist marketing team, um, knowing that they were supportive of my side business. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but then even that um, just became a struggle of like passion mm-hmm. uh, and purpose mm-hmm. versus like the day-to-day of what I was doing. So it just really wasn't a good fit for like my spirit. Yeah. Um, so uh, yeah, made the leap um, to focus on the Zuli full time. So that's relatively recent. Very recent. No um, way. Over the summer. Wow, yeah. dude, much respect. That's, <laughs> that's quite the jump, you know, like that's, that's the real like jump off believe in yourself, do the thing that's meaningful to you. And I respect that a lot more because like, my God, the companies that you worked with, like you understand what that could be. And I think that maybe takes more bravery after having that. It's, it's really hard. Um, even just like as a, as a, um, as a father and a husband to like support a family. Exactly. Yeah. Just like give up the, uh, stability, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um, of the, steady paycheck yep but yeah stepping out on faith you know yeah. um and and purpose it's challenging but it's also very rewarding oh my and God. gratifying yeah every day although i don't know what the day will bring mm-hmm. i get the signs mm-hmm. and affirmations that this is the right path yeah um i'm put in situations i have I don't want to say that they're random encounters because like what's random, you know, like these things are meant to happen, but like even the days where I'm like, okay, like I just, I don't really want to work right now. I just like want to take a break, Mm -hmm. but then I'll be somewhere and I'm like, oh my God, like there's the head of this brand or like there's this artist or there's this person in the mindfulness space who's just like right there. Do I talk to them? Do Mm -hmm. I not? Okay. Like I'm just going to talk to them. Mm -hmm. And then it's like, boom, okay, like I'm clear, I'm, I'm supposed to be here. Yep. There's this, um, this quote. Oh my God, please. Um, Rumi, 
Are you familiar with with Rumi? No. Rumi is a this philosopher. He's a poet. Mm-hmm. I think he came from Persia or somewhere there. Um, but he's he's this 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 very wise poet, mm-hmm. and he has this this quote. Um, Do you think I know what I'm doing? That for one breath or half breath, I belong to myself, as much as a pen knows what it's writing. Or a ball can guess where it's going next. Mm-hmm. Wow! So, so that that really reminds me, for all of us, yeah. Like, do we know what we're actually doing? Yeah. Like, no, <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. None of us have it figured out. Mm-hmm. We're all taking it like day by day, mm-hmm. step by step. Just as Rumi said, as much as a ball knows where it's going next, yeah. All you know is that, like, you are the ball, mm. or like you are in this dance of like this motion of bouncing the ball. Mm-hmm. And as much as you try to control where it's going to go, the ball is going to go where it's going to go. Yeah. Whereas, like, the pen that you're writing, mm-hmm. you are controlling the pen. But the pen does its own thing. The right. ink bleeds a little bit. Like right. no signature is exactly the same. So I I need to, and we all I think need to remember that. Yeah. When we are aligning ourselves with our our passion and our purpose, even when it feels risky yes. and it feels unsafe and it feels uncertain. Just knowing that. No one has it figured out. No mm-hmm. one knows exactly where they're going to go next. Mm-hmm. But having, trying to have that faith and support that like you will be okay. I love that. And that, 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 that something is, is guiding you. And the yoga has really helped with that for yeah. me. I like the way you shared that. I do because I think I'm, I'm very big on energy. And I, I just, I love that that's the, the way that you found to be able to elevate that. Because I think everybody probably takes their own ways or their own journeys to get there and to understand that. But that's exactly what I wanted to hear from you. And it's cool to hear you explain that because any way that people can do that, any way that people can find that path and elevate that energy and put less of the, or get rid of the bad and elevate that, I really do think that energy is a real thing. So for you to share how you got there with such a real story that's so relatable is so rad. Mm. Like, I truly love that. So maybe like a rad way to conclude is, well, like one, I obviously want you to share what people can find you. And it's a much deeper dive than just like, oh, tell me a tip. But for somebody who's listened to this podcast and they're like, oh shit, like maybe, maybe this whole spiritualism, maybe yoga, maybe these practices, sound baths, meditation, like maybe there's something to it. What is like a good way for somebody to kind of start that maybe feels like they've seen the woo-woo side and they're like, all right, not that, but like the one that Brandon's talking about. Like, how do they how do they explore that? How do they go down that journey? Everything that I've said has been based on my experience. Mm-hmm. And I implore everybody to develop relationships with different wellness practices mm. to develop their own. Uh, lived experience with it yeah um i think the greatest teacher is the experience of that versus 
anything that you'll read yeah um or anything that anybody else will will tell you yeah it has to be real for you it has to be it has real to for, work you. for you it has yeah. to work for you and not just work but just like what did you what did you experience and i think also knowing that everybody everybody's experience is different mm-hmm. and you will experience different things at different times developing equanimity developing a sense of just accepting what is for what it is yeah. and not um clinging to the positive or negative of it mm-hmm. it just is yes so, wow and then you're not um let's say like one meditation was like so blissful mm-hmm. and then your next meditation like you're just trying to get back there you know like you're trying to chase that high uh-huh, uh-huh. like that is that is a recipe for you know suffering mm. and then like if you also like if, you, if you're chasing that high what is it when you experience um some you know perceived negative emotions mm. or you have a, a, a more challenging experience and then you want to push it away mm. you're like no like i right this right is, yeah this you're is like not that good. is not it this no. is not it either of those sides of the of the coin you're doing a dance that that's going to lead you to uh fear anxiety to to suffering just like not like this like peace in your body so if you're able to like look at things from this place of true neutrality yeah of equanimity of the good the bad the dark the light like it's just just, it just is it just is yeah yeah it just is so back to the things that you can do Mm -hmm. um uh you can definitely you know uh look up kundalini yoga um, that there's there's simple breathing exercises that, that you can do one that I can like just quickly teach now yeah um, and I think that something else that you can do is just like find ways to incorporate these things into your day mm-hmm. and I know that in itself is is hard mm. um, but sometimes for me I get trapped up into like it's all or nothing mm. You know, oh yeah, dude. You know, I feel you on that. You know? Yeah. It's like, and I'm still learning this. Yeah. Um, but it's like, okay, it's like I do a full yoga class mm-hmm. or I'm not doing it at all. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. um, I'm doing a full session of oh, something. Dude, fuck, it's such a curse, isn't or I'm it? I'm not doing it at all. <laughs> but what's the cumulative effect if instead of doing 45 minutes? every single day blocking out an hour to do something yeah. or you just do five minutes right it's still better it's still something it's right it's still something yeah and the studies will show that it's better for you to do like a little bit every single day over a longer amount of time consistently mm-hmm. than it is to do like a longer period inconsistently it's hard right, to, right. to block off that hour yeah consistency um, is really helpful but like and it's so easy to tell yourself, like, I don't have the time. Oh, my God. I don't have the time to do this. I don't have the time to do this. But how much time do we spend on our phone? Oh, my God. How much time do we spend just, like, watching TV? Right. Just, like, doing something? Yeah, look just, at your iPhone screen time and look be at like, the okay, time. I have the time for five minutes of something. I can cut five minutes out of the cut fucking it out. show. Yeah. Before a meeting, before doing something, yeah. you can do a breathing exercise. You can you can do a gratitude list and just like write out all the things that you're thankful for. Amazing. Um, 
you can take a walk. You can wow, take a mindful yeah. walk and not bring your phone mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and look at the trees yeah. and say thank you. Say thank you to the trees for giving us oxygen yeah. uh, to breathe. If they weren't here, we wouldn't be here. It's been such an enlightening, fun conversation talking to you because I think um, you have a very unique intersection of having experienced all of the worlds that I'm so familiar with, tech, music, the business of like young professional in LA, yet you also have this beautiful knowledge and wisdom of something so much deeper. And I think that you're the type of person that will set the example and make that awareness to our generation and to the people. I mean, it doesn't have to be our exact age, but like yeah. you make something that that could be misunderstood a little bit more approachable. Like I wouldn't have fucking on my own just like Googled <laughs> breathing exercises, but now I'm like, well, shit, maybe, you know, and like, I, I really admire people that, that, uh, I don't know, just spread awareness to things that they genuinely find that help them and things that have been around for so long, like yeah. props to you. I think well, that's a really you. cool space to be in. Also props for taking the risk. Like you're, you're blazing a trail that not everyone has, you know, you, you very much could have just taken the corporate check, but you're, you're following passion right now. And uh, it's it's an honor to have you on the podcast and and share any bit of that because uh, I want to see it crush. Thank you. I, I really appreciate that. Um, so yeah, places to find us. You could follow Lazuli Collective, mm -hmm. uh, follow me. Yep. Um, we're doing um, uh, several events mm -hmm. uh, here in LA cool. um, and, and some virtual um, we're also partnered with um, some music festivals. Cool. Um, that's something that we didn't really oh, yeah, get into. Oh, yeah, we didn't talk about that. Um, you're, but, you're spreading um, this and helping this at, at festivals. Yeah, so um, uh, we'll we'll be at Coachella next year. Um, and uh, we, we partnered with Coachella um, uh, this last year, and we did all of their wellness programming. Amazing. So we'll bring our teachers and facilitators out there. You can check out Watts' music on the Calm app, as well as on DSPs. Um, we'll be releasing her album sometime this year. Sick. Uh, and um, yeah, just to stay tapped in, finding more ways to bring this, uh, these these tools, this wisdom uh, to the music industry. So yeah. partnering with with labels, yeah. uh, partnering with festivals, partnering with artists to yeah be be a, a wellness resource for our executives uh, and artists, our, our creative community. Yeah. I just want people to be well. Yeah, it's that's really admirable. And I, I think that uh, it's just a cool way to present it and to help. And it it's not it comes from a dude that understands it from every level. And I think that that makes it so special. Yeah. Yeah. Thank so, you, dude. Thank you for being here. Thanks Thank for, for having me. This. I really appreciated this. Boom. Boom.